This is the St. Longinus' Baptism Video Podcast Devotional, uh, True Catholic Devotions for the January 28th, um, 2022. First, the prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, amen. Oh my God, I firmly believe that you are one God in three divine persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. I believe that your divine Son became man and died for our sins, and that he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe these and all the truths which the Holy Catholic Church teaches, because you have revealed them who can neither deceive nor be deceived. O my God, relying on your almighty power and infinite mercy and promises, I hope to obtain pardon for my sins, the help of your grace and life everlasting through the merits of Jesus Christ, my Lord and Redeemer. O my God, I love you above all things and with with my whole heart and soul because you are all good and worthy of all my love. I love my neighbor as myself for the love of you, I forgive all those who have injured me and ask pardon of all whom I have injured. In Jesus' name I pray. Immaculate Heart of Mary, please pray for us. Sacred Heart of Jesus, please pray for us. Amen. Okay, so today's devotional, I'm going to be talking about um, St. Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 10. And when he had entered into Capernaum, there came to him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy and is grievously tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. And the centurion making answer said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest enter under my roof. But only say the word, and my servant shall be healed. For I am also a man subject to authority, having under me soldiers. And I say to this, Go, and he goeth. And to another, Come, and he cometh. And to my servant, Do this, and he doeth. And Jesus, hearing this, marveled, and said to them that followed him, Amen, I say to you, I have not found so great a faith in Israel. Okay, so a little context to this scriptural passage. Um, Obviously, the Romans were occupying Israel at the time of Jesus. And um, as I stated in a previous episode, basically religious Jewish people um, despised the Roman the Romans in general for being pagans and barbarians. And the Romans looked down their nose at the Jewish people as backward simpletons. And plus the Jewish people were very rebellious. They were constantly having rebellions. And so the, the average, um, the average Roman soldier probably felt the same way that a U.S. soldier felt to the average Iraqi or Afghani, you know, in our last adventure. Um, 
what the reason this this is one of my scriptural keystones. It's actually St. Matthew 8 8. But in order to get the full context across, I included um the passages before uh verse 8, and the passage after it. But what makes it so remarkable is, first of all, the Roman centurion, and it's evident that he was a man of of command. Now, whether he was an an NCO or an officer kind of doesn't matter in this case, but he was a man of command. And what makes it so remarkable is, is seeing since how the average Roman had nothing but contempt for the average Jew, that he would go to Jesus for help. Now, being an occupying soldier, I'm sure he had Jewish friends that told him, oh, hey, uh, this, this, this Jesus guy, He's he's a really holy, um, you know. He's a real holy guy, and he's he's um, he's really blessed by God, and he can do miracles. If I'm, I'm, you know, you you your servant's sick, so I'm sure if you go and ask him to heal your servant, you know, he's he's pretty merciful. He might do it. And what also makes it makes it um, remarkable is uh, I did remark on a previous episode that basically the Roman Empire at this time, um, their religion was basically dead. You know, they were basically paying lip service to the gods that they had. Um, Now, obviously, the historical context of that centurion doesn't doesn't say if he was a practicing pagan or if he just was basically an atheist from a Roman point of view, I should say. Um, now, in the New Testament, it talks about some of the Romans that were occupying Israel were known as God-fears. So basically, these were Roman soldiers who basically um, took on the the true Jewish religion um, because they had no faith in their their uh, pagan faith. Now, um, you know. This looking into his background is not something I'm really interested in. What's more interesting to me about this particular centurion was what he said. But he could have been a God-fearer or he just could have been a pagan who heard about Jesus through his Jewish friends and said, you know, um, I, I got to give this guy a try. You know, my, my servant's sick. And it, he probably was close to his servant. And given the, the Roman society at that time, it, that is remarkable in and of itself. 
because well in in general in general if a, if a slave or a servant got too sick to serve their masters um depending on the roman you know they might have just been kicked to the curb or or sold to another person uh because that servant was no longer of use to the to the owner but i find you know he obviously uh liked and loved that servant because he was willing to go to um uh to a jewish holy man i mean and by the way when i say jewish holy man i'm i'm speaking from his perspective i'm not speaking from my perspective but he's willing to go to a jewish holy man and see if the the holy man could heal his servant um So I, I find that bit remarkable. And this is the part, this is the part that really, really um, impresses me. So he, he doesn't send, he doesn't send a messenger to do this. He doesn't send a messenger. Um, you know, as far as the Jewish people were concerned, this is a high-ranking Roman official. And by the way, even in the Roman army, if he was commanding any kind of troops, he he was considered, at least in the military, a high-ranking uh, Roman official. And he could have just sent a servant. As a matter of fact, there were some uh, Jewish rulers, uh, religious leaders, who sent their servants to ask Jesus for favors. This guy didn't even do that. He went himself. And um and and this this part's also interesting. He knew now before I get into what I'm going to say, um I'm sure all the Romans knew that the Jews, the religious Jewish people despised and hated them for being pagans and for occupying their country. Okay. But uh, this, this leader of military troops, this high official in the Roman army, humbles himself first by going to Jesus. And then when Jesus says, yeah, I'll heal your servant. He tells them, oh, you just, no, no, don't, don't, you're not, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. He's saying that because he realizes as a religious Jewish person that Jesus um, was going to draw a lot of scandal and backbiting if he went into his house as a pagan Roman. And it also showed a great amount of faith. I mean, even Jesus himself said, I have not seen this kind of faith in Israel. And the reason he said that was for the reasons I just got done uh, saying. You know, here, here's a, a Roman official who walks to Jesus and then asks him to heal his servant 
And then when Jesus says, sure, I'll do it, he says, well, I'm not worthy, but say the word and my servant shall. That shows, you know, that's that's why Jesus said, I haven't found this faith in Israel, because if you read the Gospels, like I said, a lot of the Jewish religious leaders, they also asked Jesus for help with healings and such. But they sent servants to speak for them. They didn't humble themselves to go to Jesus themselves. So he was he was aware. He was aware of, of the social situation. And like I said, the reason I find that remarkable is um, I think that most Romans in his position wouldn't have cared how it looked or cared about Jesus's reputation. If Jesus had said, yeah, I'll come over, they would have, you know, they wouldn't have cared about the consequences to Jesus's reputation. You know, they, they wouldn't have cared. They would have said, Oh, uh, sweet. Let's go. I wouldn't have cared. But this, this guy showed a lot of respect and humility by doing by saying what he said and doing what he did. And the reason why this particular passage of scripture resonates with me, I'm talking Matthew 8 8, is because right now I have not been baptized into the true Catholic Church or confirmed. And I am well aware of my unworthiness before Jesus and his Holy Mother. I am well aware just how unworthy I am. And I have to say, in all honesty, that is That is God's providence working in me. And when I say God's providence, I'm talking God's will. Because the more, the more I get into prayer, the more I get into spiritual reading, the more I pray, and I, I understand that just how unworthy of both of them and the heavenly kingdom I am. And... um Basically, basically, when you try to become pious and you try to come become devout, this well, I can't speak for everyone, but it it, it seems to be a it seems to be a uh, a theme that when a person becomes more more pious and more devout they just realize how unworthy they are. And I got to say that um, I, ever since I've started to try to become more pious and more devout, I'm I'm understanding that 
I only have the dimmest understanding of love for God and his mother. I only have the dimmest understanding of contrition for my sins. I only have the dimmest understanding of um, gratitude. I only have the dimmest understanding of humility. And I definitely only have the dimmest understanding of obedience to God's will. And... Um, um, and, and, and the dimmest understanding in, in, in trust in his, in, in God's, uh, in, in God's providence, basically. So the more the more I attempt to be pious and, um, and devout, the more I realize I'm, I'm not fit. (laughs) I'm literally not fit for God or his mother. And don't get it twisted. If you commit a mortal sin while you're trying to become devout and um, pious, the sins that you that you used to commit before you tried to to do this for God, that you you ignored or you know you you basically didn't give it a second thought. When you do it, when you're trying to be pious and devout, it does hit you harder. And that's, like I said, as far as the contrition goes, I realize, you know, through through uh, spiritual reading and prayers that I only have the dimmest understanding of contrition. I mean... Personally, myself, I feel horrible. But then when I read what true contrition is, I realize I'm not there yet. (laughs) I'm not there. And I have to thank God for that because it gives me something to work on. Well, it gives me, yes, something to work on spiritually. Of course, I am well aware just how just how degraded of a person I am. So I have tons, tons of faults and sins to work on. So you know, I'm I'm not trying to say oh, all I need to work on is 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 uh, repentance and I'm good. No, no. <laughs> Um, sometimes they talk about the spiritual life, like a garden, the saints do. And I, when I think about my spiritual garden, I don't know if any of you who are listening to this will, or will get the, the metaphor I'm going to use here, but I, 
maybe some of you while perusing the internet have seen these uh, pictures of these gardens that like they're choked. I mean, literally choked with weeds. They're more weeds than, than flowers or vegetables. And they'll have like, you know, old, old trucks parked on them, you know, abandoned trucks, abandoned trucks parked on them. And there's tin cans and there's garbage in them. It basically, basically picture any inner city lot. (laughs) And that's what I'm talking about. That's what my spiritual life looks like. So anyway, um, this, uh, Matthew eight, eight is my third scriptural touchstone. And, I just wanted to give you a little context why this this is one of my spiritual touchstones. Um, so I think we're done. And um, I hope and I pray that this will be of use to you. I, pr- I hope and pray that this will be some use to you. And I, I do thank you for listening, and I do appreciate you spending the time with me. Um, you know, uh, you could have been doing something else, but you chose to listen, and I do appreciate that. Um, God bless you. I'm praying for you all. Have a good day. Bye-bye.